praise God. Did y'all get your worship on? I was getting torched over there. Lord, Lord's good this morning. He's good every morning, praise the Lord. A couple quick announcements here real quick. So uh, this week we're starting our fireworks uh, booth, and so we're going to set up on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, that's going to fund all of our uh, kids' programs throughout the year. So come on out if you've got some time that you can set aside to help out in the fireworks booth. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, and also about 6.30 tonight, if I can get some guys to come down here and help me, we're going to move all these chairs out of here because we're going to have our carpet steam cleaned. Uh, it hasn't been cleaned in like 14 years, if you can believe it or not. So uh, it's due for a cleaning, and so uh, we'll need some help to get those out. Um, and we're going to try to leave them together and just kind of move them out in the halls. So about 6.30 tonight, if you guys can come down, I would really appreciate that. If not, it's going to be a long night for me, praise the Lord. So... Um, what else we got here? So uh, we also have Celebrate uh, Recovery on Thursday nights. Amen. And then next Sunday is going to be our Celebrate Sunday, Celebrate Recovery Sunday, where we're going to have a Celebrate Recovery service here on Sunday. So, and then also afterwards in that, we're going to be doing baptismals for people that are going to get baptized. And so, yes. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome right there. And so I just want to give a shout out to uh, Randall and Jose. This week we went down and... Uh, They went down and they graduated their first, uh, um, first part of the, being licensed as uh, licensed ministers within the Church of God and uh, just a new chapter in their life. So, man, I'm just awesome. That's awesome. And uh, praise God. So there's no prayer meeting on Tuesday because of fireworks, right? I think. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to come down, I, I won't be able to be here, but if you guys still want to have a prayer meeting, that, that's fine. Um, all right, let's go ahead and pray real quick. Um, Father, I just thank you this morning, and I thank you for the move of your spirit, Lord. You're so good, Father. I ask, Father, that you would touch your church, Father, that you would speak a word to your body, Lord, to help us, Lord, as we grow in you, Father, Lord, to fight the battles that we go through, Father, to become more like you, Father, Lord, to be conformed to your image. And, Father, I come against every hindering spirit, Lord, that would try to block my mouth of these words. And, Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would have his way in the house today. Father, we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, Lord. Thank you. So I want to talk to you this morning, guys, about putting on the new clothes, the new clothes in Christ. Because when you become saved, there's some new clothes to put on. But just to review for a minute, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about taking off the old clothes, the old nature of the old man. That, that when we're in the world, there's a, there's a nature, there's old clothes that we wear. And we need to take those off in order to live the life that God wants us to live as the new man. And we're to take those clothes off. We're to throw them out. We're not to walk in them. We're not to live in them no more. That They're to be thrown away. And the apostle Paul told us in Colossians uh, 3 and 8, he says, but now you must rid yourself, he said, of anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language. And he says, don't lie to one another. He says, since you've taken off the old self and its practices, we're not to walk, we're not to wear those clothes no more in our life. They're to be thrown out. We're not to wear them no more because that's the old nature. That's the old clothes. But now that we're a new person in Christ, we're to put on some new clothes. We're to, to look like Christ. And the Bible tells us right here in 2 Corinthians, he says, uh, Therefore, if anyone is in uh, Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. All old things have passed away, all things have become new. So now that we're this new creature, we're this new person in Christ, we have this new nature. We're to walk in the new, the new clothes of the Spirit. We're not to walk in and put on the old clothes of the flesh no more. But we're to be clothed in the newness of Christ. We're to walk and dress in the things of the Spirit, guys. 
We're to put on and walk in the clothes of Christ. And Colossians tells us in 3 and 12, the Apostle Paul tells us, Therefore, as good chosen people, holy and dearly loved brothers, close yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility and patience. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, he says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So see, church, uh, most people would probably overlook that. They would probably overlook what Paul's trying to say there. But if we would take that and apply that to our life, if we would put it on, if we would wear it and we'd walk in it, guys, we'd almost probably walk on water because you'd almost be perfect. See, we're to put on these clothes. Praise the Lord. You know, because there's so many people that, that, you know, they want to claim Christ, but they're not walking in the clothes of Christ. They're walking in their own wardrobe. And I have a friend that sells LuLaRoe here in the church. And it's really popular right now. It's like it's got a bunch of different sizes and colors, and it's really popular. And uh, people pay good money for it. And, you know, they're online, and they do some funny videos and all that. And, and it got to me th- thinking if, um, if Christ must have put out a clothing line, what would his be like? Would he have a, a Jesus LuLaRoe clothing line, you know? And would it be popular? Would it sell? But I don't think it would be popular because his clothing line would be called holiness. And there's a lot of people that don't want to walk in holiness. See, his clothing line probably wouldn't be popular in today's society and church culture because holiness is non-conforming. It doesn't fit your lifestyle. It doesn't come in small, medium, or large. It comes in one size, and it doesn't, it doesn't, you can't alter it to fit your life or your lifestyle, guys. And see, in today's Christianity, people don't want to wear holiness. They want to think it's kind of out of date and out of style. And it doesn't go with today's modern theology of just believe in God or, or a higher power and everything's going to be good. And that way you can still socially drink. You can still sleep around. You can still attend church whenever you feel like it. You know, and it's okay to be homosexual because, hey, everybody, just as long as you find someone to love, that's okay. But see, God's still got a standard for living. He's still got a standard for his people. And it's called holiness. And it doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Hebrews tells us without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You have to have holiness in your life, guys, if you want to see the Lord. You have to alter and change your lifestyle to fit holiness. Holiness is non-stretchy. It doesn't conform to your way or your shape or your lifestyle. You have to conform to the image of Christ. You must put on the clothes of the Spirit. Be clothed in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. See, church, a lot of times we want to wear our worldly clothes and then just put on Jesus as an accessory. Like he's a, a bracelet or a watch and we just put him on for special occasions or, or maybe for a Sunday service. And Jesus Christ is not an accessory to our life. He's not something you just put on and take off when you feel like it. You're to be clothed in his righteousness, his holiness, and you're to wear it all the time in your life. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8, 29, conform to the image of Christ. That means I'm going to look like Christ. I'm going to walk like Christ. I'm going to talk like Christ. I'm going to show people Christ in my life because he lives in me. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me, guys. So when the Holy Spirit begins to take control of my life, he's going to change the way I look. He's going to conform me to the image of Christ. I'm going to change. There'll be a change. There'll be a difference in my life, in my walk, in my speech. Because it's not me that lives no more. It's Christ that lives within me. And church, when you surrender your control and your will over to the Holy Spirit, he begins to change your life. He begins to dress you like Christ. He won't dress you to look like the world. He'll dress you in the image of Christ. Because it's no longer you that's living. It's Christ that's living in you. 
The Holy Spirit knows God's taste. He knows what God likes. So he's not going to dress you like the world. He's going to dress you like God would like to see you and the clothes that God would want on your life. He's going to dress you in the things of the Spirit. And if you're still dressing today in the things of the world, then you've not been crucified with Christ. If you're still trying to dress yourself and, con- and be in control, then you're like that little boy that gets up in the morning and uh, he, before his mom and he puts his clothes on and she comes in and she's like, whoa, what, what, what are you wearing? He's got like a, a pink shirt on and purple pants and one green sock and one blue sock and he's got his sandals on. And she's like, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm wearing my favorite stuff. And she's like, no, no, you can't go to school looking like that. You represent me. And see, that's like a lot of people. We, we want to represent Christ, but we want to wear the clothes of the world and, and some clothes of Christianity. Having a garment of salvation and trying to mix it with the dirty clothes of the world. And it don't work because they don't mix. Amen. See, Christ has a dress code. He has a standard for us to dress in. And it's called holiness, guys. And it doesn't mix with anything else. See, I meet a lot of people... Um, this last couple of years, I've met a lot of people, I should say, through CR that want to change some things in their life. But they're not willing to change their clothes. They're not willing to take off the old clothes and put on Christ. You know, they're not, they're not willing to stop hanging out with their old hangouts, stop going to those old places they used to go to. And they're not willing to stop having physical relationships uh, with people that, you know, trying to fill a, a spiritual need in their life. Christ is the only one that can fill the spiritual need in your life. You're not going to find it with a hookup. You're not going to find it in another man. You're going to find it in Christ Jesus. He's the only one that can fill the hole in your life. No physical relationship will fill the hole that's only meant for God to be in your life, guys. When you get Christ in your life, then eventually when you get your focus right, he can send you the right mate by, the right person by, that will stand by you in your trials and your storms. When your hands are tired and they want to go down, they'll be there to help lift them up. They'll help you worship God. They'll be a helpmate. They won't be a, a Debbie Downer. They won't drag you down. They'll be there. They'll be that helpmate for your life. But you got to have Christ first. You've got to be willing to put on Christ. You can't wear the clothes of the world, guys, and holiness at the same time. They don't work. Galatians tells us here in 524, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful nature with his passions and its desires. It's time for the church to grow up. It's time for us to start putting on the clothes of the spirit and not dressing like the world. Crucifying our fleshly mans and the desire of our fleshly man and putting on Christ. Romans 6.22 says this, it says, Now that you have been set free from your sins and have become slaves to God, the benefits you reap leads to holiness and eternal life. We have benefits, guys, in holiness and eternal life. It says, Now that you've taken off those old clothes, the old clothes of the natural man, we put on Christ. Put on the new clothes. It says, what are some of the clothes that we need to dress in now that we put off the old man and we become this new man in Christ, this, this spiritual man? And Paul tells us here in Colossians, he says, to clothe ourselves. And number one, compassion. Webster defines compassion as a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. Or an easier way to do it is a, a, a caring about someone's troubles with a desire to alleviate it or to do something about it. But compassion should go further than just desiring to do something about it. We should actually do something about it. We should have compassion on people, compassion in our life. We need to wear compassion in our life, in our Christian walk, guys, to put it on our lives. Jesus was moved by compassion for people and to meet the needs of people. Matthew says this in 1532, Jesus called his disciples to him. 
And he said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I don't want to send them away hungry. And his disciples answered him, says, where can we get enough uh, bread in this remote place to feed them? See, uh, Jesus, guys, he, he went ahead and he fed them. He, he blessed the bread and, and uh, the fish and the loaves. And he fed this whole crowd because he saw more than just their need. He did something about their need. He had compassion. And us as a church, guys, we got to have compassion for the things going on in our city. That's why we're doing the Hands of Hope. That's why we're doing CR. That's why we're going, going once a month now out to the parks and handing out food and, and trying to pray with people and hitting the homeless camps because we need to have compassion as a church for our city. You need to clothe yourself in the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem, though, a lot of times with Christians is we forget where we come from, where the Lord's brought us from. You know, and then, you know, we become so heavenly sent that we're no earthly good. And then we begin to start looking our nose down at people and start judging people. And we forget that God had mercy on us and he had compassion on us. See, Zechariah 7 and 9 says, show mercy and compassion to one another. How can we say we love God, guys, and not show compassion for people that are hurting and that are in need? The church needs to be a place of compassion. Our lives need to be lives of compassion, that we are clothed in the compassion of Christ Jesus when we walk. People can just feel the compassion in our lives. Mark 1.40 says this, and a man with leprosy, he came to him and, and begged on his knees and said, if you're willing, will you make me clean? And Jesus, filled with compassion, reached out, and he said, I'm willing. And he touched the man and he made him clean. And church, you and I, we live in a society where people have spiritual leprosy. They're dying and hurting and they're reaching out for someone to touch them, for someone to help them because they're in a need. And we're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We're to go out these walls and touch people with Jesus Christ, the message of hope that he can change their life. We're to have compassion on people. We're to show the compassion of Christ Jesus in this city that we live in to people around us. We're to show the compassion of Christ. We need to be the church that's not afraid to go out and touch the unclean and get dirty. We need to go outside these walls and let people know there's a God that loves them and that we're here to show the compassion on them. See, that's what compassion does. It does something, guys. Even in a situation you find yourself in that you might not be able to do anything, there's always one thing you can do. You can pray. Prayer changes things. So what's some of the clothes we need to put on? Number two. It's kindness. We need to be clothed ourselves in, in the kindness of the Lord. No one likes to be around a mean, harsh person. How can you be a witness to someone if you have a mean, harsh spirit that you're like the alligator with a bad tooth that's always snapping at people? You've got to put on the spirit of Christ. People won't want to hear anything you've got to say if you have a harsh, mean spirit about you. We have to show the love and kindness of Christ. That, that harsh spirit's the old attitude. That's the old nature. It's the old clothes. It needs to be stripped off and thrown away and never put back on in your life. Because we represent Christ. It's not me that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. We can't be harsh. We have to show the kindness of the Lord to people. The Bible says it's the kindness here in Romans 2 and 4. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. So guys, if we want to reach out, we want to touch our community and be effective in reaching people's lives, we got to do it in a kind way. We have to put on Christ in our lives. We'd be more effective and we'd reach more people for the Lord if we'd stop trying to judge people and, and tell them where they're at in their life and just show them Christ. 
Because let me tell you something, when people are down and they're messed up and they're struggling in their addictions and problems, you don't have to tell them they're messed up. They already know where they're at. We just have to be the ones to reach out with a hand and say, hey, brother, I got compassion for you and kindness. Can I help you? And show them the love that leads people to repentance. We need to show them the love of Christ, just like the lady caught in adultery. No one had to tell her that she was a sinner. She already knew she was caught in adultery and they were going to stone her. But Jesus goes and, and he tells them, you without sin, cast the first stone. And they got convicted in their spirit and their heart and they put them him down and they walked away. And he says, woman, where's your accusers? She goes, I have none. And he goes, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus, guys, he didn't come to be an accuser. The, the enemy's the accuser of the bro- brother in the Bible says. He's the one that comes to point out your sins, point out your faults, and point out your failures. Jesus Christ came to give life and give life more abundantly. He's not an accuser. The Lord's our redeemer. He came to redeem mankind. We're to, be, uh, we're to move and, and put on Christ in our lives. We're to wear Christ. We're to, we're to wear that love, guys, and that compassion and that kindness, guys. You and me, guys, we're to put on Christ, to be clothed in his kindness, to show the world his kindness. Matthew, or Peter, I should say right here, 1 and 7 tells us this, to add to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. It says these things are in you and they abound uh, you will ne- uh, neither be barren or unfruitful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to put on brotherly love and kindness. We're to show that kindness to the world. So what are some of the other clothes that we're to dress in? Number three is humility. Every believer must put on humility, guys. There's no way to become a mature Christian without being clothed in uh, humility. Unless you learn to humble yourself and be humble, you can only go so far in Christ. Humility causes people to see Christ in our lives. You want to grow in Christ? You want to grow in your ministry? Start lifting up Jesus. Start pointing people to the cross. Jesus says in John 12, 32, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If you want to see things happen and change in your life, stop getting your, uh, your, uh, your uh, focus off yourself and start getting it on Christ. Learn to humble yourself and, and lift up Christ in your life and you'll see things change in your situations. John three thirty says this. He goes, he must increase but I must decrease. See, guys, because it's not about you. It's about him. And the church, the lower we go in our flesh, the higher we'll rise in our spirit. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Church, we need to be people that's dressed in humility. There's no room for pride in our lives as Christians. There's no room for pride in this church. There's no room for pride behind this pulpit, behind the ministries of this church. Pride will destroy you. It will stop the favor of God on your life. Pride will, pride will destroy your witness. It will destroy your, your ministry, your relationships. It will destroy your marriage. In 1986, these two ocean liners um, off the Black Sea in Russia collided, and uh, hundreds of people were killed. And so after they'd done the investigation, they found out it wasn't because of the weather. It wasn't because of fog. It wasn't because of the instruments went wrong. It was because of pride. The two captains saw each other in a distance, and neither one of them was willing to move out of the shipping lane and let the other one go by. And by the time uh, they realized what was happening, it was too late, and they collided, and people were killed because of their pride. Pride is arrogant. It's self-boasting. It's self-centered. And James tells us in 4 and 6, God opposes the proud. 
but he gives grace to the humble. The truth is, guys, pride's got to die in your life or nothing of heaven can grow in you. You have to be humble. Humility focuses less on self and more on God. Jesus himself uh, took on the nature of a humble servant. See, humility creates a servant's attitude in our lives. We're called to service. We're called to serve. And if you have humility in your life, you'll be willing to serve. Matthew 20 and 26 says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. See, guys, if you want to grow in Christ and grow in your ministry, you're going to have to learn to serve. And not just where you want to serve, but just serve. There's been a lot of people that's came to this church before, and they only wanted to serve as long as they could be behind a pulpit or, or preaching or playing music. And even though there was other needs in other areas of the church, they just wanted to be in a spot where they could be up front. And that's not humility. That's pride. See, because humility says, I'll serve wherever there's a need. Humility cultivates the spirit of Christ in our lives. It builds the character of Christ in us. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Wherever there's a need, Jesus served, turning the water into wine, feeding the 5,000, giving his life for you and me on the cross. He was a willing servant. And Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, guys, serving's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be something you like to do. Pride says, if I can't do what I want to do, and if it's not going to be convenient, I'm not going to do it. That's not humility, guys. That's pride. And that's, that's why a lot of churches and, and ministries struggle, including this one, because there's a lot of Christians that's clothed more in pride than they are in the humble servant attitude of Christ. We have to be humble. What are some of the news clothes that we're supposed to dress in, guys? Number four is gentleness and meekness. See, gentleness and meekness is a character of Christ, and we need to put that on. We need to, to walk in that nature. It's our nature to be clothed in Christ. And the definition of gentleness is this. It says something done in or someone with a calm, soothing, tender manner. And see, Jesus says in eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Church, that gentleness, that meekness in your life will cause people to draw to you. Because in this, excuse me, this world that we live in with all the chaos and just hectic lifestyles, it's refreshing to be around someone that's got a calm, gentle spirit. There's been times in my life when there was an inner storm raging in my life. That I was going through some things and some situations and I needed some gentleness. I needed some calmness. I needed that soothingness and, and, and that tenderness. And, and I would go over to my mom and dad's and I don't even know if they knew what I was going through. But I'd go in and I, I would sit in their kitchen and we'd be, begin to talk. And because of the anointing upon their life of that meekness and that gentleness and, and that soothing and that calmness, it brought a peace to my spirit. It brought a peace to my soul. And guys, when you are clothed in the things of Christ, when you're clothed in his meekness and his calmness and his soothness, the people will find comfort. They'll find relief in that because you have that on your life. And some of you need to get rid of the Debbie Downers in your life that don't do nothing for you but to bring you down and bring you heartache. And you need to get around some anointed men and women of God that carry the meekness, that carry the love of Jesus Christ. And you'll see some things change in your relationships in your life. My wife has this head massager. And it's like a toilet plunger for your head. That's basically what it's like. 
and she loves for me to just kind of plunge her head. And, and, and I don't like to do it. I'll be watching TV, and I'll be like, all right. Come over, so I'll start plunging her head really fast. And she'll grab my hand and make it go slow. And so I'll plunge her head, and after about a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes, she's just like butter. She just melts and falls apart because it's soothing and it's comfortable to her. And see, the Spirit of Christ in our life, guys, it's soothing and it brings comfort and it brings peace to people. So we need to be clothed in the meekness and the the humbleness of the Lord and that soothing, calm nature of Christ. Another thing, guys, that we need to have gentle in our lives is our tongues. So much damage is done from us speaking out words in, in not a calm or, or gentle f- uh, format. There's been lots of people damaged and hurt and left the church because we don't use compassion, we don't use humility, we don't use meekness when we speak. And we need to clothe our tongues in humility and meekness and tenderness, guys, when we speak. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, gentle words causes life and health. See, I don't want to tear down people. I want to build people up. I want to speak in their life and encourage them to go deeper and further than the Lord than they've ever been in their life. And we, so we need to be calm and gentle in our spirit when we're ministering, when we're encouraging people and not be harsh, guys. What are some of the new clothes we need to dress in? Number five is patience and long-suffering. Patience and long-suffering is in a short supply and demand in these days where everybody just wants everything right now. We've become so accustomed to getting everything in such a hurry. That's why we have drive throughs and fast food and high-speed internet and dish-on-demand and movies-on-demand and microwave ovens. We want it now. We're so accustomed to getting whatever we want, whenever we want, and, and right when we want it, guys. No one wants to wait on the Lord no more. No one wants to tarry and pray and wait for the Lord to do something in their life. They want instant now. We want instant everything, instant success in our ministry, you know, instant favor with God, instant deliverance. We, and no one wants to wait. They, everybody's in such a hurry for things. We, we live in a microwave society, but the truth is we serve a crockpot God. And he doesn't work on your time schedule, your time frame. He works on his own time frame, his own time schedule in your life. God lets you sit and stew in the crockpot because he's wanting to bring some flavor to your life. And too many people want to jump out of the crock pot. They don't want to give the Holy Spirit time to move and work and mold and change and shape things in our lives. It gets uncomfortable. And and sometimes we think it takes too long and, and we don't want to go through the process. But there's a process you have to go through, guys. You have to have patience. And, give it, and go through the process. See, patience is developed in our life. You just don't get patience. It's developed in the storms. It's developed in the valleys. It's developed in the situations you go through. And you just have to let it work its process in your life. Yes. Just because you're not seeing results doesn't mean God's not working in your life. Lamentations 3 and 25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait upon him, uh, to the soul that seeks him. See, guys, you can't get ahead of God. You can't get impatient. You can't get ahead of his plan and purpose for your life. King Saul wasn't patient, and he got ahead of God, and he lost his kingdom. He lost his anointing because he wasn't willing to wait on God. Patience, impatience will cause you to rush into things. It'll cause you to rush into relationships or marriage with a person you barely know just because you're not willing to wait on the Lord. Impatience will cause you to maybe quit a job that God's given you because maybe you don't think you're getting promoted quick enough. 
And that reminds me, when Pastor Ben came here and he took over the church next door, it was in debt, and they were getting ready to sell it, and, and, uh, and they took it over, you know, after so many years, it was paid off, he began to build this building, and, you know, it was 10 years before the state office recognized him as a pastor on their books because of some legal things that they had to work through. But he didn't get impatient and say, you know what, they're not recognizing me, they're not, they're not patting me on the back, I'm going to quit. No, he just kept working, guys. See, because patience is not quit, quit working uh, while you wait for an answer. Patience is continuing to work while you wait for an answer. Amen. We have to be patient. And then we've got to have long-suffering, guys, with people that God sends in our lives. We can't throw people away because they mess up and they keep going back out in the world. We've had so many people come in from CR and go back out, come in to CR, go back out. And you don't kick them and say, you know what, you can't come here no more. You've got to keep working with them and help them through the process. can't throw people away, guys. Think about how the Lord's had long suffering in your life and my life and where he's, how long have you been out in your addiction before the Lord got your attention that you were willing to come to the cross and give it all to the Lord. So we got to work with people and one day the Lord's going to touch them and the light's going to go on in their life and in their mind and then they're going to give it all and they're going to sell out to Jesus Christ and it's because you're going to be long suffering with him and you're going to pull him along. First Corinthians says, love is patient. Thank God for his patience in my life and in your life, guys. We have to be like Christ. we got to clothe ourselves in Christ. We, we need to walk in it and live in it and have it in our lives. We're the dress in those clothes. The worship team wants to come back up. The last one, guys, that we're to put on, the last piece of clothing, number six, is love. Colossians says this in 3.14. It says, over all these virtues, in other words, over all of them, it says, put on love, which binds them all together in unity. Love is the thing that holds it all together. It's like the glue. It's, it's the belt that, that puts it all together. And if you lose your belt, your pants fall down. It all comes apart. If you don't have love in your life, none of this works. You have to have love in your life. Love holds it all together, guys. It holds the uh, compassion, the kindness, the humility, and, you know, the gentleness and the patience. It holds it all together. Love. 1 Corinthians says in 13, uh, tells me, if I don't have love, all I am is a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. I can talk about love. I can speak about love. I, I, you know, I can, I can try to do all these things, but unless there's love in my life, guys, it doesn't count for anything because love is action. If we're going to be a church and we want to talk about the love of Christ, we need to go out and show the action, show love in our lives to people around us, be clothed in it, walk in it, show people what real love is and not just talk about it and be full of hot air. Love holds it all together. Love is action. Love makes all the clothes fit in all the right places. Romans 8 and 28 says this. Now that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good of those that love God. In other words, if I love God, if I got a love for God in my life, everything's going to work together for my good on the inside of my life and on the things on the outside of my life. If I love God, if I have love, all things are going to work together for my good, for your good, guys, if you're operating in love. Because love holds it all together in our lives. John 13 and 34 says, I give you a new command. Love one another. As I've loved you, 
so you may love one another. And by this, all men would know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So how's the world going to know that we're Christ's disciples? It's because we're going to have love for one another. We're going to walk in love and we're going to share love. Guys, put on love. Put on the love of Christ. Because man's love will fail you. But Christ's love will never fail you. It'll never go void in your life. And so if you're here today, guys, I want to pray with you. If you'd like prayer, if you've been going through some things, maybe you don't have the patience in the life that you need. You don't have long suffering in your life. The Lord's here today to meet your need. The Holy Spirit's here to help clothe you to look like Christ because we're to conform to the image of Christ, not to look like the world. And if you find yourself today here looking more like the world, God wants to do a work in your life. And it starts by you stepping out and saying, Lord, here am I. Do a work in me. You got not a lot to work with, but Lord, I know you can take little and make it much. And the Lord wants to touch your life today. And if you here, guys. We want to pray for you. I'm going to have the prayer team to come up. And if you don't want prayer, these altars are open. Take advantage of time that you can just spend with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Love you this morning.